<laughs> All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Millennials in Ministry. Uh, my name is Erin, and today I have the privilege and honor of interviewing Brittany and Devin Terrace. And I came across their story because, Brittany, you had posted um, a, a very moving story on your feed not too long ago about how you guys got married in August of 2010. And, Devin, um, two years later, you suffered an incredible brain injury. And thank God you're alive, well, and completely healed. Um, but I'm wondering if you guys can share that story today, um, what it was like before, during, and after the traumatic brain injury. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. give us a little background? Um, yeah, yeah, and then we'll go into the story. Um, as far as like healing stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah background stuff, yeah. Um, Brittany and I have been um, married for almost eight years, so um, it's been a blessing. Uh, love her very, very, very much. Too. Our two boys, Zayn, Zayn is four, and Ezra is one. And he'll, yeah, he's going to be uh, what? Um, he's thirteen. Well, he's thirteen months, but. Uh, yeah, and they're li they're they're uh, lively, excited, and uh, <laughs> two boys with great en energy. Yeah, yeah um, fun. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I'm a director of athletics at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I've been at Grace Christian School for going on seven years. I've been in Christian education for uh, about eight years, or eight or nine years. So. Um, okay. Love teaching and coaching and being in the athletics realm and just helping coaches use their platform for for Christ um, and just how athletics can be a, a platform um, and a tool to be able to um, reach student athletes, parents, coaches. Um, so love that avenue. And I am a photographer um, and a mommy, but um, I am Brittany Terrace Photography and um, I'm also a blogger and a writer. So we met in um, November yeah, of November 2009 and we were engaged in uh, May 1st, 2010, okay. and we yep. were married in August, August. of 2010. So um, we had moved from Florida to uh, North Carolina, um, I think it was July of 2012, and mm -hmm. Devin started his uh, career there at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, do you want to give the background on yeah, yeah, on the actual injury and stuff mm -hmm. and the event uh, leading up to that was, I think it was, my first, it was my first year, I believe, at Grace, and there was a pep rally, and uh, I had plans to do a stunt with a student in that pep mm -hmm. rally, <laughs> and uh, it did not necessarily go as planned, at least for the landing portion of it, but... Uh, he made the dunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a good. slam dunk thing, yeah, right. Because I can't yeah. dunk in, in, in real life, so I needed some it's assistance. Only five, six, <laughs> but um, anyway, so it was a planned, planned kind of. Um, uh, like I said, it was a, it was a kind of planned stunt, and it worked out. I do remember taking, kind of taking off, um, and then leaping off of um, a fellow student's back, and then slam dunking the basketball. And then apparently it kind of swung forward and then kind of slipped off the rim and landed on the back of my head on, on the gym wow. floor. Um, <clears throat> at that point, I uh, only remember waking up. I remember taking off and then waking up in the ambulance um, wow. right after that. Um, they had told me that 
uh, one of my fellow uh, co-workers there. I got up and he said, no, and I was like, I'm okay. He's like, no, you're not okay. You need to, you know, lay back down. Uh, shortly after that, um, not too long after that, I believe some, there was, thank God, uh, one of my coaches, his wife is uh, in the medical field and came to my aid. And then uh, I think I had a seizure, started seizing a little bit. Um, but these are things that I was told afterwards that I just didn't realize that that had happened. But I do remember waking up with a fellow coworker uh, there at the school. Uh, he's a Christian life director now at Grace, and uh, he was rode the ambulance with me. I woke up and I'm like, "Wow, where am I right now?" Um, and I started kind of vomiting heavily because I bruised my vestibular. Um, and and then later, of course, Brittany will probably talk about more of what that scene looked like in the hospital on the way to the hospital and stuff uh, when she had found out that I had been injured. Um, but uh, do you want to yeah. kind of pick it up from there? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I got a call, and um, I got a call from a friend, someone um, wherever I was. They came to get me. They didn't want me to drive. Um, they just said, your husband was in an accident, and immediately I just thought car accident. Um, but I knew he was at work. So they drove me over to the hospital on the way to the hospital. The chaplain was calling me. And, um, of course, when the chaplain calls you from the hospital, um, all you kind of think of is death. Um, right. and I said, Bo is, is my husband okay? And she said, I don't know. Um, I'm just, I don't know his status. I'm just there to meet you at the front. So I got to the hospital. Um, and a couple of minutes later, I got to go back and see Devin, and he wasn't really, he was awake, but not aware. Um, he was violently throwing up, and um, all I can remember is just seeing him lay there and violently throwing up, and just my first instinct was, like, to roll him over so he could throw up, because no one else, he was just in, like, the, the emergency room keeping wow. room until he was sent over to ICU. But, um, I mean, immediately I just stopped and I just knelt down beside of him and, um, I just prayed. I can't remember the prayer that I prayed, but, um, mm -hmm. he was transferred up to ICU and it was really, um, two really long days and nights. I remember the doctor pulling me aside. Um, I couldn't talk to Devin. He just slept all the time. Um, he would wake up for um, just neuro checks and he would, uh, they would ask him the date and time, but other than that, he there was no communication with, with anyone. Um, yeah. Nothing was on in the room, no lights, no TV. Um, and I remember the doctor pulling me away and I think just in the moment, um, everything just seems really uh, surreal. And um, he pulled me away and he, showed me Devin's CT scan and just said, you know, Miss Terrace, I'm really sorry, but I have patients that have much less severe CT scans and they never wake up. So wow. at that point, I just kind of prepared myself, um, wow. knowing that Devin was awake, but not knowing, um, I was told in a, I have a counseling um, psychology degree and um, a lot of people that undergo brain injuries can wake up um, with just a completely different um, mentality, attitude, everything. So I think I was just preparing for that. And yeah. um, a lot of times I wake up angry um, and confused. So um, the third day that Devin was in ICU, um, we actually found out, um, I found out at home that we were um, expecting our first. So that was um, bittersweet. Um, it was amazing, but of course the thoughts crossed my mind. Um, 
is this baby going to have a dad? Um, is Devin going to be able to live to um, see his first child be born? And um, and after those thoughts, it just seemed like, you know, the evil one wanted to creep in. And very easily, um, the Lord just gave me peace and um, just kind of comforted my heart through people and through scripture. And um, he went down to step down care um, a couple days later. And a couple days after that, he was home. Um, he had about an eight-week recovery back and forth seeing neurosurgeons. And yeah. um, for his first doctor's appointment, he walked in and um, he had a little cane assisting his gait. We still have that cane. And wow. um, then the his doctor from the hospital was just like, he was speechless. He couldn't, like, he just looked at him. He's like, you're here, let alone you're walking. Like, this is, right. like, there's no explanation for this. And um, he's like, I just have to look up. He didn't verbally say yeah. God or, um, you know, the Lord's healing, but we knew it was very evident that the Lord was using this situation to um, reach a lot of people to show of God's yeah. power and might. And um, I was confident that I know Devin would absolutely um, endure if that meant that um, the Lord was going to use this to bring many people to, to know who he is. So, yeah. That's really cool. And, and Brittany, you, you mentioned in a previous conversation about um, just what it was like, you know, being married to someone you really couldn't talk to. And what were those moments like? Like, how did you how did you cry out to God in those moments of, man, I'm married, I'm expecting a son, and I have a spouse, but I don't have a spouse at the same time? Yeah, yeah, it was really hard because Devin, um, we laugh a lot. And um, not being able to talk to him at all, um, I just, I woke him up to use the restroom, and I woke him up to feed him, and um, all the rest of the time he was sleeping, um, and that was per doctor's request, and that's just kind of how your brain heals, and um, that was hard, but it created a sweet moment for, sweet moments for me to be able just to be alone and to really lean into the Lord in scripture and um, in those times I know the Lord gave me um, just truths to hold on to um, that even if everything wasn't going to be okay still everything was going to be okay because God is God and he doesn't change and mm. um, whatever the outcome would have been then he would have carried me and our family um through no matter what it would have looked like and um, it created a really sweet intimacy between the Lord and I at that time um, I know that he was um, transforming hearts and minds and um, just the way that he comforted and consoled me especially not being able to talk to him um, yeah. it was just a sweet it was a hard season but it was a beautiful season too so I remember the first time um, in probably nine weeks, we finally got to go out to eat. And um, I was just staring at him. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he looks at me and he's like, why are you staring at me? And I said, well, one, you're alive. And two, I'm talking to you like half normally. And three, we're out to eat. So, you know, because Devin went through it, like he endured the pain, he endured um, like the grit of everything um, yeah. with his body, but yet 
he it's I still hard to understand like the, the severity of it yeah the severity yeah. Yeah. of everything um and me looking in and seeing all of that um but yeah i could finally talk to my husband and it was it was sweet <laughs> that's awesome and when you when it comes to the topic of just the beauty of suffering you know like i i love when you say you had such a sweetness with the Lord through all of that. And you feel like you grew closer to him through the suffering. And what would you say to people that may be going through a very difficult time right now, or they feel like they're really going through it and they're really suffering? Because I feel like too, uh, reading in first Peter um, chapter one and two the other day, and it talks a lot about how we're promised suffering and that suffering is something that we're supposed to go through as followers of Christ because Christ suffered, but through our suffering, he transformed something in us. And I thought that that was very interesting because I feel like it's, especially being an American, it's easy to resist suffering and to push it away, to seek a lifestyle that has nothing to do with suffering. But then the more that I read the Bible, it's actually a promise to us, you know, so speak it to it a little bit about that, but also your encouragement for people that are really, really going through it right now. Sure. Yeah. I would say, um, I think there's two mentalities when we look at suffering. I think one, um, we can become really bitter, um, and angry and, um, kind of question a lot. Um, or we can look at suffering as um, a way to um, know Jesus better. Um, it's not becoming a better self by what we can do, but like you said, allowing um, the Lord to work in our hearts and transform us. Um, you know, they, were, they use the word sanctify us into um, more and more like his son. And I think that's what suffering does. Um, we see Jesus and how he suffered um, and how he endured. And just like Paul in Second Corinthians, when he talks about um, it being light and momentary and a lot of our suffering doesn't seem light and it doesn't seem momentary, especially at the time. But when you think yeah. of um, Paul's life and just imprisonment and beatings, and but he still could call it light and momentary because he had um, the hope of eternity. Um, he had the hope of, of one, knowing Jesus and knowing that all of that suffering is producing um, a weight of glory that we just can't even yeah. comprehend. So um, more uh, or less, you know, on not the bitter side, but like the better side of becoming more like Jesus um, in our suffering, um, he does give us a tool um, he does give us something that's so important to us and that actually it like literally came alive. Like I was, um, I became a believer in 2000 and probably a decade ago. And it wasn't really until suffering came into my life, like that the Bible actually, um, came alive to me. Um, scripture, uh, like the Lord began to speak and to, renew and that's what exactly paul talks about in second corinthians um is that where we can have even though our outer self is wasting away there's renewal that's available to us every single day and that is um the very word that that god gives us through the bible so um clinging to those truths i say in in suffering um reading through and knowing who god is 
and um, his power and his might in your suffering and also just clinging to um, those little nuggets of truth that he gives us that he's promising that this even though it won't be forever that he's coming back and he's going to renew um, everything and uh, just having that hope of eternity that's great and Devin for you what would you advise to people that are going through something like that I know your experience was different being on the other side not remembering a whole lot but you still were the one that had to slowly recover and slowly you know see your wife go through the pain that she was going through and also being the father of a household and uh, you know a husband a father and recovering and all of that um any thoughts from you for other people also suffering? Yeah, um, I think just even from my side, it's it's hard to see, even though going through the incident and everything um, physically, um, I think for Brittany's perspective, seeing it from the outside is, I think, even uh, more powerful, uh, just seeing the reaction and just, um, or other people's reactions and such, since I was kind of going through the recovery process. But I would just point to, I mean, the Bible, just reading through it, um, that tons of people that God used in the Bible went through suffering or they went through phases of life where, um, man, they questioned things or whatnot. Moses himself went through suffering. David suffered. Um, many of the disciples suffered as well. So I just, you know, remember and, and generally, I mean, topical, topically speaking, just looking at how God's people suffered um but through that god renewed them um through it and used them through that suffering um uh, taught them things about themselves and i think that's the way god uses suffering from us he just kind of uses it uses it to cleanse us of those things that we hold on to uh maybe that are not so stable and uh, foundational and um, when we experience hardship and suffering it usually shows truly what we are dependent upon. Are we dependent mm -hmm. upon things that we think we can control? That's something that I easily could have controlled, right? Oh, I mean, maybe not yeah. to take off and jump off, but, uh, and, and slam dunk that basketball and do a crazy stunt, but other things in life. I think um, many of us are maybe fearful of reaching out, trying things. Um, when we do step out in faith, God can use us, whether we don't, it's, it's kind of some of the fear of the unknown, right? Um, of what yeah. could possibly happen. Um, I think we've experienced that in many other aspects of our lives and not just necessarily this particular incident, but uh, the Lord's, you know, really have, has put many things in our lives to teach us like, you know, like we're not going to be fearful of that. And, and, and I know uh, Jesus speaks about that uh, many times, not to worry, not to be anxious. But when he brings on suffering, we look at it as, okay, here's something God is doing that uh, that he's using to teach us something. We may not be able to see it right now. We might have to look back and say, oh, that's what he was doing. Um, yeah. So it, just the encouragement is, hey, you look at this in a way, just like Brittany was talking about, a light momentary reflection, you know, that that uh, God's teaching us something through it, and then he's going to use it for his good. We might not be able to see it right now. We might have to be, you know, maybe have to look back and see what he was actually doing and teaching us. Um, but yeah. it's going to strip us of those things that we hold on to, that we think we have control of, and it points us mm -hmm. to him that we are fully dependent upon him, and he's fully in control. Um, and we, we don't have to worry, don't have to fret. 
I know this may sound crazy, but actually looking at suffering as like an invitation from the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. That may sound absurd, but knowing that he uses all of it and that nothing's wasted. Um, Our tears aren't wasted. Our crying out to the Lord is not wasted. Um, And in those moments of suffering, um, I remember just asking the Lord, like I was really real. um, And I just said, Lord, like, I don't want to ask you why, um, but you have to show me what for. Like, I just, I don't want to see you. I want to see why this is all being allowed. And he was really sweet to always show up and and reveal himself in amazing ways. And so looking at at suffering as an invitation to to grow in the Lord and to learn Mm -hmm. a lot. And I know it's easy to say, like, in the now, like there's a purpose for suffering, but there is, there truly is. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste one ounce of our pain. So, yeah, that's so good. I'm so thankful that I got a chance to just ask you guys about your story and know that God has purpose in what you guys have went through. And it's encouraged me. I love following you guys. I love seeing all the pictures and the stories. You're such a great writer, Brittany. Seriously. really, really good one. Yeah, excellent. Seriously. Um, But if people want to follow and continue following you guys and your story, how can they stay in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, So um, I have, um, you can, through my Instagram, at Brittany Terrace Photo. Um, I also have a website um, because I'm a photographer as well, but it also has a blog. It's just BrittanyTerrace.com. And um, you can contact me on my contact form there. And, um, yeah. yeah, we'd be happy to chat with you about your suffering or um, yeah. pray through things with you, for you. Um, suffering is suffering. There's no level of suffering. Um, so just know that, um, that we're here. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Yeah, so thank you. you. We'll definitely stay in touch, and you guys have a great evening. Absolutely. Thank Thanks. you. You, you too. too. Take care. Yeah.